Warning, the information and opinions within are solely the views of the individuals involved contains content not suitable for anyone. Thank you for listening to or watching the Blockweb Beat podcast recorded on Tuesday the 6th of January at about 5pm AEST. On this week's show, we'll take a pulse check on the crypto market as it endures a bit of a cool down. We zoom in Tarpland's latest expansion, preparing to welcome two new cities into its fold, plus a bunch of other stuff. Apple's leap into the VR metaverse sparks excitement while satellites get smarter with AI integration. And Gala Games' new VGX-infused gaming ventures signal a fresh play in the Web3 arena. Plus, as always, we ground ourselves with some real-world insights with a few doses of reality from the Mitsudiverse. Let's start off, like I always do, with a look at what's happening in some of the crypto markets. Now, this week in the crypto market, there's been a general pullback with the global market cap receding by 1.8% to $1.64 trillion. Bitcoin's price has slightly increased, yet its market dominance remains unchanged this week at 51.1%. The market sentiment, however, indicated by the fear and greed index, has shown a minor shift towards caution, moving from 59 to 55. Looking at some of the individual cryptocurrencies that I cover, Solana and Theta have both seen significant declines of 8.5% and 9.6% respectively. Contrarily, my beloved old Tron has bucked the trend yet again with a 6.4% increase. Other notable cryptos like Ethereum, Cardano and Shiba Inu have also experienced declines, though none have broken the double-digit percentage drop. The market's overall downtrend suggests a kind of cautious approach by investors this week, with most coins showing a decrease in value. Moving on in blockchain crypto news, the emergence of NK Abuse, a malware exploiting NKN blockchain protocol, has been identified by, Kaper- by Kapersky. Sorry. This malicious program, discovered in Vietnam and detected across Latin America, allows cyber criminals to access and potentially steal users' information by controlling their computers. The malware's capability to conduct DDoS attacks further complements complements or complicates get it out there ben the security landscape of blockchain technologies to combat such threats experts recommend adopting robust security measures including regular system and software updates something that i kind of slack on myself that i need to get into gear especially with my new laptop utilizing secure wallets of course and employing two factor authentication these precautions underscore the ongoing challenge of ensuring blockchain's promise of security and privacy amidst ever-evolving cyber threats. Yes, there's very smart blockchain people out there. There seems to be even smarter, nefarious people out there as well. Moving on to Upland news, a few ones to touch on this week. In Upland's first ever Ethereum-only bundle sale featuring exclusive Web3 onboarding bundles has marked a significant success, particularly for the smaller Ethereum amounts. Despite the sales high demand, there are still opportunities for players to make a substantial investment with the one Ethereum packs of which at the time of recording 27 of the 50 available uh, remain. This sale not only offers a unique chance to acquire high value properties potentially and spark bonuses, but also encourages players to connect their MetaMask wallets in anticipation of future developments including the Sparklet token, of course. This initiative represents a pivotal moment in Upland's growth, providing both great value and advancing blockchain technology use in the Upland metaverse. Congratulations if you managed to score one of those um, lower packs yourself or if you went big time into one of the one Ethereum bundles and I hope you snag something good. Um, In other Upland news, Upland is expanding its metaverse for newcomers with the introduction of Trenton, New Jersey, and Stockton, California. 
as starter cities, aiming for a more inclusive entry experience with approximately 85% of properties in these cities designated under the Fair Start Act, the good old FSA. This move promises a more accessible platform for new players. All property collections in these cities will be disclosed beforehand, aiding players in planning their strategies. To preserve the essence of FSA cities, launch times won't be announced in advance, supporting equal opportunity for engagement. That's very interesting. Additionally, Upland is updating its FSA policy, now allowing players to mint up to 10 FSA properties only over their account's lifetime, a change designed to ensure newcomers have sufficient opportunities to engage with the Upland community. That's assuming they get into the community before they've gone and just FOMO bought their random 10 properties. Hopefully they get in the community and find out, especially with collections involved. Um, New players stand to make a whole bunch of Upex there. Hopefully that doesn't attract the old multi-accounters. We'll have to wait and see. Um, These cities are expected to launch within the next week with new neighbourhoods to be released as demand dictates in future. Unannounced, of course. Further fostering a dynamic and welcoming environment for all new Upland explorers. Um, Now, this was the big one that dropped this morning. This certainly got my eyes bulging out of my head this morning. And what do you know? I predicted this a few weeks ago. I'd finally hit the 2 million Upex per month dividends and I was expecting, you know, we're going to see a dividend drop soon. It happened last time and bada bing, bada boom, it's happened again. Sorry. So yes. And finally, in yet more Upland news, Upland's introduction of gamified UPX earnings has created significant discussion in the community, especially with the announcement of a massive, an absolutely massive drop in the overall base earnings rate. This change has sparked concern among many players, highlighting the complexity of the update. Given how nuanced the implications of this development are, I'll be dedicating a focused discussion to unpacking the details and potential impacts of these new gamified earnings system in the next Upland Down Under podcast recorded this Thursday night. If you want to get involved in that live and you know take part in prizes and whatnot, the link is in the description. All right, moving on to other Metaverse news. First up, we highlight Apple's foray into the virtual reality space with the launch of the Vision Pro headset. Pretty exciting, this one. This move is complemented by an upcoming blockchain-based Metaverse game by Victoria VR, promising an immersive experience with ultra-realistic graphics. Scheduled for release in the second quarter of the year, the Victoria VR Metaverse app not only showcases the capabilities of Apple's headset, but also illustrates the potential of Web3 tech in enhancing digital realities. The app is underpinned by the VR token and Ethereum-based crypto, which aims to reward active users and stakeholders, ensuring a community-driven approach to in-game asset distribution. Sounds pretty exciting. This development comes at a pivotal time when interest in the metaverse is surging again with tech giants exploring this burgeoning space. Apple's entry with Vision Pro positions itself as a direct competitor, of course, competitor, of course, to Meta's Quest headset, marking a significant milestone in the convergence of blockchain technology and virtual reality. This initiative by Apple and Victoria VR could set a new standard in the metaverse domain, offering a glimpse into the future of digital interaction and entertainment. Right, so that's kind of good news and not so good metaverse news. We delve into the pressing issue of virtual reality safety as VR environments like Meta's Horizon venues and, of course, Apple's one that we just mentioned gain popularity. 
a disturbing rise in reports of attacks, harassment, and sexual assault within these digital, digital realms has emerged. Activists are now pushing for law enforcement to take these virtual crimes seriously, highlighting the complex challenge of prosecuting digital abuse. With the US Justice Department funding workshop, workshops to educate police on metaverse dangers and Justice Department funding, um, yeah, I cover that. And Interpol urging global forces to develop protocols for VR crimes. The legal and social frameworks surrounding virtual safety are beginning to evolve. It is very much the wild west. So be careful out there, especially if you've got young kids playing around in these spaces. It can get a bit squirrely every now and then. The emotional impact of harassment in VR, described as profoundly similar to real world attacks, of course, underscores the need for a nuanced understanding of embodiment in digital spaces. However, the legal system's current structure, which requires physical evidence for prosecution, presents a significant bar barrier to addressing these virtual offences as actual criminal acts. This segment sheds light on the ongoing debate over how to balance the immersive nature of VR with the imperative to protect users from harm, emphasizing the critical need for continued dialogue and innovative solutions to navigate the emergent challenges of digital existence. There we go. I managed to squeeze that word out today without stumbling all over it. All right. In AI news, now this is, I don't know how to take this one, China has successfully launched the world's first commercial artificial intelligence hypersatellite from the Taiyuan Satellite Launch Center. This groundbreaking event took place off the coast of Yangjiang, Guangdong province. The launch was carried out by the Smart Dragon 3 SD3 launch vehicle, which placed a constellation of nine satellites, including this innovative, no, I can't say it this time, right? This innovative AI hypersatellite and a DRO satellite into orbit. Among these, the AI hypersatellite named Rongpiao, or Jesus, how's this for a name? Jingxi Day 18, apologies, was developed by Guaxing Aerospace Technology, based in Chengdu, Sichuan province. This AI hypersatellite is touted as a significant advancement in satellite tech, featuring an integrated sensing network as an electronic brain. It is designed specifically for on-orbiting testing of various AI algorithms, marking a notable leap forward in the utilization of artificial intelligence in space exploration and satellite technology. This initiative not only underscores China's ambitions and achievements in space tech, but also opens new avenues for commercial and research applications of AI in orbit. What could possibly go wrong? In other AI news, Amazon is stepping into the future of online shopping with the launch of Rufus, an AI-powered shopping assistant designed to make your online shopping experience smoother and more intuitive. Currently, it's in the beta phase and available to a select group of users in the US. Rufus operates through the Amazon app, allowing users to interact with it by asking questions about products, seeking comparisons, or receiving personalized shopping advice. Named after what Amazon calls its shortest volunteer worker, Rufus represents a leap towards integrating advanced AI tech into everyday consumer experiences. And yeah, this is what I've always said. Most of this AI stuff, it's going to be this kind of stuff that you don't even, you're not even really aware. It's just going to be, you know, additional add-ons that can help smooth things over and of course make these companies more money. By leveraging a specialized large language model, Rufus can provide detailed product insights, recommendations, and even understand the nuances between different types of products, 
such as the difference between trail and road running shoes. As more users interact with Rufus, of course, it learns and improves its assistance capabilities, promising to revolutionize the way we think about and engage with online shopping. Uh, it's tip of the spear, I reckon. This is going to be pretty much any online shopping experience is going to have some form of AI integration in the not-too-distant future. Moving on to NFT news. Japan Airlines and... Hakuhodo Inc. are set to launch an NFT collection that aims to digitize unique experiences from six regions across Japan, fostering a global community around Japanese culture and digital art. This initiative also includes an innovative origami-themed advertising campaign encouraging participation through missions that evolve participants' NFTs with rewards for early access to the collection. Sounds interesting. This move reflects a growing trend of traditional companies venturing into digital assets to engage global audiences, despite Japan's challenging regulatory and tax environment for crypto. This effort is part of a, a number of broader strategies to address societal issues like population decline through digital community building. Um, that's, I think that's a bit of a stretch, that last one, but anyhow, good on you. In other NFT news, South Korean regulators are scrutinizing the use of NFT for concert ticket sales by Psy. If you remember that, the iconic singer of Gangman Style through his entertainment agency, entertainment agency P Nation. The controversy stems from a pre-sale project for Psy's 2023 concert tour where ticket purchase, purchases opportunities were given to owners of Saiga NFTs, potentially sparking issues with the South Korean Fair Trade Commission. This investigation into the NFT ticket sales alongside similar scrutiny of a Major League Baseball event's ticketing policies, highlights growing concerns over consumer welfare and platform competition laws. The outcome of the FTC's investigation could have significant implications for future K-pop and other inter entertainment industry ventures involving NFTs and exclusive digital rewards. Hopefully they don't slam the hammer down too hard on that because it all is all very exciting that side of things, NFTs and ticket sales and, you know, proof of ownership, POAPs, it all kind of seems like a perfect marriage. Anyhow, in Web3 Gaming News, the VGX Foundation has teamed up with Gala Games to pioneer new Web3-enabled gaming experiences, marking a significant step in the evolution of decentralized gaming economies. This collaboration will see the VGX token, originally associated with the now-liquidated Voyager Digital integrated into specific game titles developed by Gala Games. So if you're a bag holder of that and you thought you got wrecked, hang in there. You might There might be some light at the end of the tunnel after all. So players will have the opportunity to earn VGX-based rewards through in-game achievements, enhancing engagement and providing tangible value for gaming activities. The introduction of Gala Chain SDK enables developers to seamlessly incorporate VGX into their games promising an enriched gaming ecosystem that rewards player achievements with VGX tokens. This initiative underscores the VGX, VGX's foundation's commitment to advancing the use of blockchain technology in gaming, fostering a vibrant community around the VGX token, VGX token and its utility and adoption, of course. All right, as we're winding up, let's get some doses of reality from the Mitsudiverse, starting off in the Australian Mitsudiverse news. Australian writer Yang Hengjun has received a suspended death sentence in China for espionage, 
a case that starkly contrasts legal practices between China and Australia. Yang, detained since 2019, could have his sentence reduced to life imprisonment under certain conditions. Australia's efforts to improve relations with China are tested by this verdict, with Australian officials advocating for Yang's release and emphasising their commitment to justice and procedural fairness. This incident highlights the ongoing diplomatic challenges and underscores the importance of international norms in legal proceedings. Um, that's Mitsuda versus too. We spoke about briefly before, you know, the metaverse sort of VR aspect of this too. It's going to be very interesting how, you know, agencies like Interpol and whatnot are going to police all of this kind of stuff, especially the shenanigans that go on. Imagine the first death sentence, the virtual death sentences. Who knows? The mind boggles. Moving on in the New Zealand meat service news, New Zealand's Met Service advises protection against the sun, poor old Kiwis, as temperatures rise with a high-pressure system bringing warmth. Floodland is on alert for heavy rain, while other areas expect sunny conditions and above-average temperatures, particularly in cities like Ashburton and Christchurch. The warm weather is set to continue into Waitangi Day with Blemheim or whoever this mate, old mates, forecasting the highest temperatures. Um, we're still getting cooked here in Queensland. Um, there's apparently another cyclone brewing as well. Uh, still haven't got our aircon fixed here, so it's been brutal. And shout out to Laban and Mesmi, not Mesmi, sorry, Laban and Maui. Um, they've also been dealing with high winds and snowstorms. So it's all happening all over the place. Pretty dangerous, the old meat suit of us. And lastly, but not leastly, of course, in, in Japanese meat suit of us news, this is, this is squirrely, this one. Rie Kudan's use of AI in crafting her... Aku Tagawa prize-winning novel, Tokyo To Dojo To, Dojo To, has stirred Japan's literacy scene. She revealed that a small portion of the text in her prize-winning book was generated by AI. <gasps> Ooh la la. Particularly one section that involved an AI character's dialogue. Oh, that kind of makes sense. And use the AI to create the dialogue for what an AI might say. Okay, but, it, you know. Pandora's box. Anyhow, raising questions about creativity and technology's role in literature. This kind of article has highlighted. This has led, of course, to a broader debate on whether AI assistance in writing should be disclosed, similar to citing sources. The incident reflects the growing intersection of AI with traditional creative processes, prompting discussions on the balance between innovation and the essence of human creativity in literature. Yes, it's a very interesting one. Well, as you can probably tell, I create all of the scripts for this show using AI and I generate all the backing images using the article headlines that I just push into AI. And it's been fascinating to play around with that and try and, try and get the articles into a slim down version that works for me. And, you know, it's interesting to see how AI interprets the headings for some of these articles. Anyhow, that's the beat for this Blockweb week and a glimpse into some of what's currently making the news inside, around and outside of the metaverse and in the meat suitiverse this week. If you'd like to get yourself involved in any of, any of the Upland Down Under or MBE Metatainment Productions, or if you have an Upland NFT or metaverse product service or event to promote, then send me, Ben68, a DM and or get yourself into the MBA server, which is linked in the description. Don't forget, if you would like to join the conversation about the massive news that Uplands just dropped about gamified earnings, then get the link in the description. Get on into the MBA server, and you can join us this coming Thursday night 
7 p.m. AEST, Australian Eastern Standard Time, for a chat. Get your very biased opinions out there. All right, that's it. Later.